We are in Parshas Bashalach, and we're learning the Mimer of Parshas Bashalach. So it adds up now. Uh, we're learning the Mimer of the Az Yashir from Torah R by the Alter Rebbe. We are on the second page. And on Thursday, we discussed outside um, a lot of what we're going to read inside today. We started by asking the questions about the splitting of the sea. Why did God split the sea if we know it was not to get to the other side? And it was not so that the Egyptians should know that God was God because there were no other, there were no Egyptians that remained. And they came out the same side that they went in. And so we started speaking about the sacrifices, the service of God called sacrifices, which today we have prayer in place of the karbonis in place of the sacrifices, and that the prayer, the process is the process of baruch atta, that we're drawing down from a very high level of godliness, from the concealed well down, baruch, drawing down atta into the revealed world to the point that we can point at it and say you, and see it in front of our eyes and experience it. And we've discussed that we're drawing from the world of Alma de Iskasia, from the hidden world, which we also called Sovev Kal Olmin, the light of God that surrounds all worlds, which we also called the name of Hashem called Havaya, Yudan Hei and Vav and Hei, which represents Hashem's infinite light as it brings the world into being in an indiscriminate, infinite way. That is Sovev Kalman, and we want to draw from that world down. I'm sorry if this is like okay, sounds like gibberish, <laughs> another language. Yeah. Draw down into what we call Alma de Iskalia, the revealed world, which we also called Mamale Kal Almin, the light of God that fills all worlds, that gives a unique, individualized, limited light to each creation depending on what it can receive. And we called that the name represented by Elohim. Elohim is the Gematria of Hateva of nature. And to understand a little bit more about Almadis Garcia, Almadis Galia, we brought a marshal, the Altar brought a marshal, which we're going to see is sourced in the Torah, the idea that there's a connection here, um, that we compared the hidden world, the world that is hidden more like, to the sea, for two reasons, that when we look at the sea, we see just water, we see one thing, water, even though there's an entire world beneath it. And that the fish within the sea are completely immersed within their source of life totally. They are never separate from their source of life, the water. Then we had Amadeus Galia, the revealed world, is compared to the dry land because the creatures on the dry land look separate one from the other when you look at them. And they are also suspended above the ground, not within it, which is their source of life. So there is a separateness there. This represents two states of how we can see the world, two perspectives on the world, one where it's all God and it's all unity, God's unity, and where it's clearly everything is sourced from God, and one where we see separateness and differences, and where we can believe and feel that we are separate from our source, which is God, and not constantly dependent on it. That we discussed on Thursday. Now we're going to read that inside, okay? So, again, if your Hebrew is not like enough that you could follow along, especially because this is a very difficult text. Usually we have an easier one with English on the side. Um, you don't have, yeah, whatever works for you. But if you want to follow along inside and there's a word that I said too quickly, you can also stop me and ask me what that was, okay? So third line on page two, we're going to start, I think we read one line of it, but we're going to start from the beginning. Obir ha'inyan, to explain this whole idea of what it means, borochato, what happened when they brought the sacrifices, and the, the fire came from above and consumed the sacrifice. And when we pray, we say Barakata. To understand all of this, Kihine Amar Azal, our sages have said, it's brought in the Gemara, Kol Mashayesh Bayabasha, 
everything that exists on dry land, yesh bayam, exists in the sea. So every creature and creation that exists over here has a parallel in the ocean. There's an as we know now, more than in the times of the Gemara, there's an entire world in the ocean. Just as we have plants and trees and different types of creatures and different categories of creations and animals, um, so too in the sea. Maybe even more categories in the sea than there are here. It's, it, it's possible. Everything that we have on dry land, we have in the sea. What is the dry land and what is the sea? Yam hu alma de skasya. The sea represents the perspective of the world that is hidden. And the dry land represents the perspective of the world that is revealed. The difference between the dry land and the sea, Bagashmis, physically, who is? That all of the creatures in the sea are not seen from the outside. Because the water covers over them. And as we said, we see water, even though there's a whole world underneath. That's the first thing. Second, and also their entire life, the and their sustenance, their existence, is from the sea itself specifically, within the sea. The E Efshar Lahem Lichyot and it is impossible for them to live on the dry land. And we haven't discussed the parallel, the nimshal for that. So we'll discuss what does that mean, that those who have a perspective of Amadiskasya, of unity and of being connected to their source, cannot survive with a perspective of Amadiskalia. We'll discuss that, that aspect of it. Shemiyad mesim, because the moment you take them out of the water, they immediately die. And it is very clear what their source of life is. I just heard... Um, two weeks ago from one of Yossi's students that he, who's in Tzfas on the way to, uh, he said he was on the way to, I think it was the Mitsuda where everyone hangs out. And he was like, should I go? Should I not go? And then this old man stopped him and, and, and he was saying, I don't know if I should go. I don't know if you should not go. And, and he brought this marshal um, that when a fish is taken out of the water, it starts to jump around and flop around. And it looks like it's having a blast. But actually, it's dying. Um, so that's kind of what he was saying to this boy. Like, you know, these things, they look like they're so much fun. But, but you know, your inside is dying. Anyway, um, so we were all excited by it. And then my husband was like, so did you end up going? And he's like, yeah, for sure I went. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> it was inspiring in the moment, but, you know. <laughs> but anyway, when I think of this idea, I think of this marshal now. Um, and we will see, we'll see a parallel to this idea of that when you're taken out of your source of life, it means death. That's the first one. That's the sea. Masha'enken, this is not the case. Beroim with creations, Shabayabasha, that live on the dry land. So what we would call mammals and all of the plants and trees and people that live on the earth. The earth produces plants, vegetation, and it has its fruit and the results of the earth above, right? It's all suspended above the earth. So plants we know are connected to the earth and very, very dependent, but they exist above. They're not, they're not within, they're not buried within the earth. And everything is dependent on the earth on some level or another, but they're all suspended above the earth. And for us, it's the opposite. Creations that exist on top of the earth, for them being submerged in the earth is death, right? That's after 120 years, 
a person goes back to his source of which a man was created from earth and he is sourced back to the earth that means death what means life for creatures in the sea which is total submerged being submerged in their source of life means death for those that live in dry land so although the truth is that they live off of the earth, that they live off of her, it looks as if like they exist as an independent thing of, on their own. You do not clearly see when somebody is walking on the earth how, much, how dependent they actually are on it. Nevertheless, Shar Habiruim, all of the other, or Mikol Shekin, sorry, and, and how much more so, Shar Habiruim, all of the rest of the creations are Sherbahem, Nefesh, Chaya, Lamino, that have uh, uh, soul within them, all of the different types that exist on the dry land. That is the marshal, right? That's pretty clear, right? The marshal of the sea and the creatures that live in the sea and those who live on dry land. Now we're going to get to the Nimshal. The Nimshal, the lesson of this analogy. <laughs> and through this analogy, we can understand the spiritual difference, Lamala, above, the difference between a world that is hidden, and the world that is revealed. Because as it says, pretty sure that's from Yeshaya. My, with my flesh, I can hold you. And it's the idea that when we look at ourselves and the makeup of our bodies and of the world, we can actually grasp aspects of Hashem and learn about Him. There exists in the neshama, we have intellect and we have emotions. Our our Minds, our intellect is divided into three. What are the three that our intellect is divided into? Anybody know? The three categories of intellect in our soul. Chabad. Chabad. bin Adas, right? The three levels and aspects and categories of our intellect, starting with Chochmah, then Bina, understanding. Chochmah is almost like the taking in of the knowledge. Bina is the understanding of it, or the elaborating and opening it up. And the Das is the integration of that knowledge. So it, we have... Seichel, our neshama is made up of many parts. Our soul is made up of intellect, and within the intellect it's made up of three parts. Vahamidois, the Zion, we have seven emotions, right? Chesed, Gevorat, Tiferes, Netzachayd, Yisoyed, Malchus. The Yeshaleim, and to express our intellect and our emotions, we have Gimel, Levushim, three clothing. Does anyone know what the clothing are? It's discussed in Tanya. The three, we express ourselves through our clothing. Three... Thought, speech, and action are the three ways that we express our intellect and our emotions outward into the world. This, this next thing is an abbreviation for machshava, dibor, vamase, thought, speech, and action. Vagamheim, and even these categories, mischalakim, lepratim, rabim, are divided into many, many details. Obechlalan, heim heiz, bechinas. And in general, we have the five levels. We have seichel, we have intellect, we have midos, we have emotions, we have thought, speech, and action. Five general categories that make up the soul. Keneged, opposed to the five categories of the soul. Nefesh, ruach, neshama, chaya, yechida. The kama, mina, madregas. And we have within that many, many levels. Gavoa, mel, gavoa, higher and higher. 
Ugvoim Aleim Kulam and the levels that are highest above, Hembabchinas, Nefesh, Ruach, Meshamachai, Echida, are in all of these levels. Kol Echad Yeshlo Bechina Bifnei Atzma. Each one has a different level when it comes to his soul, Masha'in Bechavero, which does not exist by his friend. Yesh, Misha, Ovid, Bebchina, Sumadregas, Klois HaNefesh, etc. There are those who serve Hashem on the level of Klois HaNefesh, etc. Okay, so this whole idea was to bring this concept that in our makeup, we have division. We have separation. There are many, many, many levels. Our soul is not one thing, right? Our soul is five things in general and way more than that. And even though everyone has the same five aspects and levels of the soul, they're expressed very differently one from the other. And so when we look at each other from a perspective of Amidis Galia, from a perspective of creatures of dry land, we see differences, we see levels, we see nuances, we see details, right? Which is the truth. That is the perspective that God has given us and that is the way he has built us up. And so the Rebbe is saying, some express themselves on a level of Klosa Nefesh. We've mentioned Klosa Nefesh before. Klosa Nefesh means that they're so in love with God that their soul literally wants to just expire and leave their body to be unified with their source. So the Rebbe is saying, some people serve Hashem on that level, others on different levels, right? We're usually on the, in the other levels. But everybody expresses their Avodah Hashem differently. Everybody's soul is sourced in a different place. We all come from the same place and we're all truly one, but we're expressed as individuals. And this is because we have a perspective of Amadeus Galia. Okay? And so the Ken Hanashamas Bifnei Atzmai began Eden, even the souls before they come into the body, as they exist in the Garden of Eden, as they exist in heaven, there are many different aspects and levels of souls even there. It's not something that once you get your own individualized body, then the soul changes and morphs according to that. The soul always has different levels and differences even before it comes into the body. So, intellect? Yeah. Emotions, thought, speech, action. That's the five. Within those, there's many levels. There's three levels of intellect, right? There's seven levels of emotions. Within thought, we have many different levels of thought, speech, and action as well. So within each one, there's five general categories of the soul, the five different ways that they work and express themselves. And within that, there are many, many levels. And then there are some aspects of some souls that are more prominent and dominant than others. And that creates all of these differences that we see. Again, not only physical differences, but also spiritually. Souls are different one from the other. And the idea all is that this is because even our soul, not only us as we exist in a physical body in this world, but our soul also has a perspective of Amadeus Galia. This perspective that there are differences, that I exist in some form and that I'm different myself from the other soul, from my neighbor, from the other person once it happens and once it comes into the body. So the idea of this perspective of Alma de Scalia is the most normal perspective that God gave us and God gave it to us again even before we came into this world. It's a perspective that angels can have as well. And again, it's a perspective of I exist separate from the thing beside me, even if I can acknowledge that God created me and that we're all truly one, and I can acknowledge that intellectually, my perspective when I wake up and I open my eyes is of separateness from my source and from the other creations around me. That is the perspective of Alma de Scalia, and that is how we see each other, that is how souls see each other as well. That is an example of all of the souls that come from Alma de Scalia. 
Then we have Amadeus Cassia. Yesh mehem, there are some souls. So most souls have a perspective of Amadeus Kalia. They see differences one between the other. They know that they're sourced in the same place and they're all brothers, etc. But they see differences. But then there are those souls, unique, individual, very few rare souls. Shehem Amadeus Kassia, that they have a perspective that's called a perspective of the hidden world. What does that look like practically? Shehem betelim b'metzios b'mekayram. They are totally, their existence is nullified to their source. So now we're going to be introduced to another Hasidic term that's used a lot. Something called bitl b'metzios. First of all, let's start with bitl. You guys heard of the term bitl? Yeah. Um, the shluch has actually told me that Mrs. Pukowski translated it as aligned, right? And I really love that. Usually we hear bitl and we think nullified because that is like, that's the literal translation. Levatel means to cancel something out, to nullify. We don't use that word nullify very often, but even to cancel out. And so there is an aspect of bitl that means you're canceling out, let's say, your animalistic tendencies and making room for God, right? But that's not really what it is. Bitl is much more this idea of being aligned with your source and with the truth of who you really are. That's bitl. Being aligned with your source and with your truth. Now, there are two levels when it comes to bitl. The first level, which is not brought here, is called bitl hayesh. I can write it on the board if you'd like. Is there a marker? I see lots of very pretty pens. Okay, I can, I can just tell you. Bitl you have here. Bez yud tes vap lamed. Bitl. Hayesh is literally hey yud shin. Hayesh. Does anyone remember what yesh means? Yeshus. Yesh means something, and it means independence, an existence that feels that it exists independently, that feels as if it exists independently. So bitl hayesh is the first level of bitl. That's okay if we can't find markers, it's really fine. Bitl hayesh is the first level of bitl. Can you spell the second one? Yes, hayesh hey yud shin. Ha, ha means that or the... So, bitl ayesh means a bitl that comes to somebody who has the perspective of alma deskalia. When somebody wakes up in the morning and has a perspective that God himself has given him, which is a feeling of separateness from the people around him, from the relations around him, and from his source, he can still have bitl. He can still live in alignment with God. But it's called bitl hayesh because he's taking his yesh, he's taking his feeling, thank you, of separateness, of as of separateness, again, from others and from his source. And he takes this perspective and he aligns it with the truth, which is even though when I look around, I see separateness and I don't see my source, I'm still going to align myself with my source. So I still feel like I exist. I, I, I do feel separate. But from that place of feeling separate, I'm going to work on myself to stay aligned to the truth, which I don't see, but I can live by, which is I know that in, the truth is, God created me. He's my source of life. And we're all one because God created all of us and God exists in everything. That's called bitl hayesh. And that's when we talk about bitl generally, that's the bitl that we're talking about. Somebody who lives a life of bitl, of alignment, alignment with his truth, alignment with his source. He still, or she obviously, still sees the world from a perspective of Amadeus Galia. I exist as Esther Shemtov. I'm my own person. I have my own personality. I have my own life. Um, 
And yet I'm going to align myself with the truth, which is that God created me and that God is everything. That's Bittol Hayesh. I'm taking my feeling of yesh, of ego, of separateness, and I am going to, we can use the word nullify on the one hand, and I'm going to align it with the truth of what I know. Bittol B'Metzias, the term that's brought here, Betelem B'Metzias, because that's talking in the plural. So these souls are Betelem B'Metzias, but in the individual singular would be Bittol, Beis Yotes, Vav Lamed. B'Metzias is spelled right here on the second line of the second paragraph. Does anyone know what the word Metzias means? Metziot. Well, matzah is defined, but I don't know if that's like... <laughs> Def- defined? No, matzah is like defined something. Oh, defined. That's true. So that's true. Um, here, it's not connected though. Yeah. But this, the, the, <laughs> the shayrash mem tzadik aleph does mean yeah. defined. Metzias means existence. So not ego, but existence. So bitoba metzias means my entire existence and sense of self is completely aligned with my truth and with my source. I do not feel myself to be an individual separate being whatsoever. And I do not see myself as a separate being from those around me either, because I know that we're all one. That is a level called Bittel B'Metzias, which it's brought in different places. Some perspectives say it's possible to reach that level, and some places in Chassidah say that that's a level that only a tzaddik can reach, somebody with this perspective that he can wake up in the morning and truly see his source we no matter how hard we work will always feel ourselves as an as as an existence right i mean okay i believe in god i give myself over to god i be, i i connect to my fellow jew etc etc but i exist right and you can't for like you can't convince yourself out of this feeling of like that you exist i mean no matter how much you learn you're going to wake up in the morning and the first thing you're going to feel is i woke up and then again we've learned then i say modani right then i give myself over to god but my first feeling in the morning is i woke up and that's not a negative thing that's because god gave us this perspective it's a perspective that our soul has even had in its source in its spiritual life because most souls see the world from amadeus galia and therefore can reach a level called bitl hayesh there are some unique rare souls that come from the world of amadeus Garcia. They come from a much higher spiritual level and therefore they have a different perspective on the world. Their perspective is one of truth to the point that they can reach a level called Bittel B'Metzias where they literally lose their own sense of self and existence totally. Is that like any tzaddikim? Yeah. But even within tzaddikim, there are those who would have one level of Bittel, yeah. Amadeus Kalia, and then those who have Amadeus Kasi. Amadeus Kasi within tzaddikim are, is even a rare thing. So we're going to learn about Moshe and the, his example of being from the world of Alma to Iskasia. Is that clear with Bittel Ayesh and Bittel B'Metzias? Because these are, this is a concept that's going to come up a lot in Chassidah, so it's really good to have that. Alma de Iskasia, Alma de Iskalia is hopefully clear as well. It also comes up in different places. Um, and these are, these are examples of the expression of one. who Bittel Ayesh would be an example of an expression of a perspective of Alma de Iskalia. And Bittal B'Metzias would be an expression of the perspective of the world of Amadeus Garcia. So Bittalim B'Metzias B'Mekairam, these souls, these unique souls who come from Amadeus Garcia are completely aligned, nullified, submerged. They have nullified their existence, B'Mekairam, to their source. Shuhu B'Chinnas Soivev Kol Almin. This is the perspective. This is the idea of what we call the light that surrounds the worlds. 
Again, it doesn't surround, but it means it's hidden. It doesn't permeate in a revealed way because it's so infinite and lofty. And the term used to describe this phenomena in Chassidus is Dekula Kamiya Kalocha Shiv. That everything is, is considered as if it's not important, as if it doesn't exist at all. And on this level, we find Haita Madregas Maishe Rabbeinu Alavashalom. This is the level that Maishe Rabbeinu found himself on. A level of Betel B'Metzias, a level of Almadis Kasia, of Soivav Kalalmin, of the name of Hashem called Havaya. Shenemar Alav, as it says about him, Ki min mishisihu, that he was drawn out of the water. Where does Moshe's name come from? Who, who gave Fatia, right? His parents, his Jewish parents, gave him names. I think seven names. The one I always remember is Tuvia. There are others that I never remember, but it's brought in Rashi. Um, he had many names from his Jewish parents, and yet the name that the Torah calls him, that everybody called him, that God calls him, is the name that he got from Basia, from his non-Jewish adopted mother. Although there's opinions that say that she had gone to the water to convert. Um, and that she was Jewish, but from his adopted mother who, who gave him a name after his own mother had given him a name. Why do we call him by that name? Because it most accurately represents who he is. He was given the name Moshe from the term Basia said, he was drawn out of the water. And that represents Moshe's whole life. That Moshe was drawn out of the water. What does the water represent? What does the yam represent? Almadis Kasia. Moshe is a soul that was drawn out of the world of Almadis Kasia, out of this hidden world. He had a very, very unique soul and perspective. And Moshe most accurately represents that because he was drawn out of the water. Mepchinas yam. Moshe is from a level called sea. Almadis Kasia, from a world that is hidden. And therefore, we have, we, what do we know about Moshe from a young age? That he had a stutter or a lisp or both. He had a speech defect, right? So we learn from Rashi that he has a speech defect because, and from the Medrash, that when he was a little, little boy, he was the adopted grandson of Pari. He was sitting with Pari and he grabbed Pari's crown off of his head, which was seen as a sign, because again, we know that the Egyptians were very superstitious and spiritual, that he is going to try and take Pari's crown away, which is is true and so they all got very very nervous and said okay we need to kill this boy because he's going to he's going to try and take over the kingdom and then actually one of the advisors who it's brought in Medrash was Yisrael his father-in-law who ended up running away to Midian after um, one of the big magicians and advisors of Pari was Yisrael he came up with the idea let's give him a test to see maybe he's just a kid and he likes shiny things or maybe he's actually a kid who has bigger plans and he wants to take the crown so they gave the famous test they put in front of him a bunch of gold, which does not shine, but has a lot of value. And then a bunch of coals, which are shiny. And Moshe right away went to reach for the gold. But then an angel came and moved his hand so that he wouldn't be killed. And he touched the coals and quickly put it in his mouth. He burnt his tongue, his mouth, and he had a speech defect, right? That's the simple story. Not Maybe not even so simple, but that's the story of the source of Moshe's speech defect. And we know about his speech defect because he tells Hashem directly, I have a speech defect. How am I supposed to go speak to... Pari. But the spiritual significance of his speech defect, because Moshe, there's, you know, there's a reason why these things happen, is because he comes from the world of Almadis Gassia. 
from everything that we've discussed so far about the world of Alma Discussi, the perspective of the hidden world, Maisha looked at the world and he saw God. Maisha looked at himself and he saw his source. He did not see himself as a separate being, separate from his source, separate from God, separate from his fellow, at all. Okay? At all. Wait, With, just like that. I thought Alma was the hidden world. Yes. He came from that world. He came from that world. So now he's in the other world. Exactly. He was drawn out of the water onto the dry land. He was drawn out of that world. And if you want to get Kabbalistic, he was drawn from the world of Taihu into the world of Tikkun. He's one of the rare souls that existed in the previous world where there was many, many lights and not enough vessels. And there were souls there that fell into this world. Um, the examples are like Hanoich. There were very few. Hanoich was a grandson of Adam. And we have Maisha, who is a soul from Taihu. So he comes from a completely different plane of existence where things work very, very differently. And he has a unique ability that he sees his source constantly, which is why it says that he's most humble of all people, right? There's different explanations for why, but he was the most humble because he literally didn't see himself as a separate person. And so that's why when God said to him, you need to go to Parai, he said, but I, I can't speak. What does that mean that he couldn't speak? Speech, when we speak, we're saying, I have something to say, right? When we listen, we're saying, okay, I'm receiving, right? I, I'm receiving. I know that there is something worth shutting up and listening and taking in something beyond myself, right? When we speak, speech is absolutely not a negative thing. But when we speak, we're saying, I have something to say, right? I exist. My thoughts are important enough that you all need to be quiet so I can say something. Now, I'm, and I'm not going to be quiet, which means when I'm speaking, I'm not receiving at the same time, right? It's impossible. It's, it's really impossible um, to speak and also receive. So Maisha wasn't able to speak because he came from a world where he literally didn't see himself as, as a separate existence, who was able to stop receiving from his source and speak and express himself as an individual outwardly. And that's the spiritual significance of his, um, of his speech impediment. There is a mimer that goes into detail about his speech impediment um, from Pasha Shmais, Misom Peladim. I actually learned it with the Shluchas. It's a very, very fascinating mimer, which, which, which discusses in detail the idea of his, specifically his inability to speak. But here, what we know about his speech impediment is that he, because he came from the world of because he came from the world of the hidden world. And if we think about, like, if you think of a fish, okay, a fish goes to a psychologist and says, listen, I'm feeling really down about myself. What should I do? And the psychologist says, of course you feel down. Like, you're just totally submerged in water. You're not able to express yourself. You need to go out. You need to express yourself, right? Um, the fish's like, no thanks, because <laughs> that means I'm going to die, right? For someone from the perspective of Amadeus Discassi, like Maisha, expressing himself is death because he's not receiving from his source of life in that moment. So for the fish to leave the sea is death. And for Maisha, he was saying, like, that's death for me. I can't, I can't speak. Um, the idea from the Maimar of Bison Peladim is that Hashem, who is above the world of Ahmed and the world of Ahmed gave him the ability to speak because God is the one who gave everyone the ability to speak or the ability not to speak. But this is the idea that Maisha is the ultimate expression of a soul from Ahmed and that he saw the world this way. And that's why he was literally, that means heavy in his mouth, heavy with his speech. That's why he had a speech impediment. 
Shebechinas dibor, because this whole level of speech, aspect of speech, this galos and revelation, nimna mimeno, was prevented from him. It was not accessible to him. Because he had the advantage, the mala, and the advantage, the bechinas umadregas bittel bemetzias, of a level and an aspect that we call total self nullification or absolute alignment. Bemaid. Bemaid means for real, a lot. He was truly the epitome of what we would call somebody who's bitul bemetzias, who does not feel their own sense of self whatsoever. And therefore, they don't think that there's anything for them to reveal. It's all God. What am I going to do to reveal? I want to just receive from my source. And when I speak, I can't receive. That for me is death. And that for me to say I'm separate enough to speak, that's death. That's cutting myself off from my source, which I clearly see I am dependent on at every moment. That was my shame. That is Amadeus Kassia. That's why he couldn't speak. Because he was as it's written, what are we? That Moshe turned to Hashem and said, and we are what? Ma means, Ma is like, means the power, Ma of what? What is a question? I don't know. When you say, I don't know, you're reaching towards something beyond yourself, right? That's really what Chachma is, that you're able to reach beyond. And that's what Moshe was. Once Moshe came into the world, by the way, He's from the world of Chochmah of Atzillus. Once he left Tayo and came into this world. But Chochmah is the ultimate bet, bitl. From all the spheres, the ultimate bitl comes from Chochmah. The first one all the way on the top right, the highest level of our intellect. Chochmah means Koyach Ma. The power of what? Of being able to say, I have exhausted all of my options. I don't know. And I'm going to reach beyond. And that's really within ourselves. We have Chochmah. That you can try this way and that way and learn and learn. And then you're going to reach a point where you just can't go further. And then you have Bittal. And then you, you let go. And in that letting go, you're able to reach beyond yourself. That's Chochmah. And that is the level that Moshe lived on. Vazel... And this is the idea, Inyan, this is the idea, Habracha, of the blessing that we say when we daven, which is in place of the karbanais, the spiritual process of baruch ata, of drawing down to the level of you, right? Blessed be you. But we said drawing down, baruch means to draw down to the point that God is you, is here, is present to the point we can point at him and say you instead of he, which means that he's far away. Min ha'aylam ailam. Right, that's from Tehillim. From the world to the world. We're drawing God down from the world to the world. That the perspective of the hidden world should be drawn down. And this level of the light of God that we call It's an, it's an alignment, and nullification to the point that nothing exists except for God. That this level, Nimshach, should be drawn down, Begiloi, in a revealed way, Gam Ba'amadis Galia, also to those who have the perspective of separateness, who have the perspective of the revealed world, Varol, called Basar Yachtav, to the point that all flesh should see him. So when we say Baruch Ata, when we would bring, let's start with when we would bring a carbon, a sacrifice, right? We said the world stands on three things on Tyra, on Avaida, and on Gmilas Chasadim. Avaida is the Avaida in the Beis HaMikdash of sacrifices, which now we have davening in its place. A Jew would bring his animal, and then a fire would come from heaven and descend and consume his animal. That represents that a fire, a light, a perspective, a consciousness would come from the hidden world down into the revealed world, down into his perspective, into his animal, in a revealed way. 
And when we daven and we say barachat, we're doing the same thing. We're drawing down a consciousness from a world that is way beyond ourselves, the world that is hidden from Amadeskasia, and we want to draw that perspective into our own lives as we exist as creatures on dry land with a perspective of separateness of Amadeskalia. We want to reveal in our own lives an aspect of a consciousness where we can accept that everything is God. Moral Kalbasa Yachtav is what's brought as a prophecy for what will happen when Mashiach comes, that all flesh together will see God. That they will, as flesh, as individuals, we will see the truth. Which, as we're going to get into next, begs the question, how is that possible? How can we draw, from what we've understood so far, Amadeskasia, Amadeskalia are two completely opposite perspectives. And those who have the perspective of Amadeskasia, those who live in the sea, will die on the dry land. And those who live in the dry land will die if you put them in the sea. Right? If we would wake up in the morning and not feel our sense of self, we wouldn't be able to exist in this world as people, as God wants us to, as, and serve him the way that he asked us to. So how are we supposed to draw down from Amadeskasia, which I hope we understand what that perspective means now, draw down that perspective into the perspective of Amadeskalia that we already have without losing our sense of self totally, without being consumed, one perspective consuming the other. Either Amadeskasia totally consuming the perspective of Amadeskalia or the perspective of Amadeskasia consuming the perspective of Amadeskasia. So how is it possible that when we pray, that we bring a sacrifice, we can draw down one consciousness into the other when they are two completely opposite things? That's the question that we're going to start to address in the next paragraph, where we're going to compare the difference between the Avaida, the service of the Kohanim in the Beis HaMikdash, which was a service of sacrifices, to the service of the Leviim, the Levites in the Beis HaMikdash, which is a service of song. And we're going to learn about the power of song, the significance of the song at the sea, and then in the next paragraph, we're going to get to the splitting of the sea and the significance of that experience. Okay, questions or comments on what we said today? We're clear? Great. So we'll continue tomorrow with the next paragraph. Okay? Thank you, Malky, for your copy. And tomorrow, we, I have a copy for you. It's just in Rufkamaga's office as well. So we'll get that tomorrow.